create something what they have always been waiting for. They don't know what they have been waiting for. But that is where your innovation comes. You create something what they have been waiting for, create that product and they will keep coming back to you. Welcome to the Hospitality Maverick podcast with me, Michael Tinkser. We at Hospitality Mavericks are here to inspire leaders to create heart-centered and profitable businesses from the inside out, the kind that both employees and customers love and support. In this episode, I talk with a dreamer, implementer, and people-first leader, Deepak Dori, CEO at Libua Hotels and Resorts. Libua's unique approach to the luxury and hospitality is one of their secrets behind the brand's success and growth. Deepak believes that the focus should be on creating lasting emotional experiences for the guests. He has been recognized as a global award-winning entrepreneur and celebrated speaker, guest lecturer at Harvard, and much, much more. So we're in the hands of a true maverick today. He shares his story and makes it clear that anyone can fulfill their dreams if they have faith and take action towards it. We get great insight into what he's learned by making mistakes and where he finds his inspiration to grow as a leader. He gives an overview of their learnings navigating through the pandemic and how they are moving forward and getting to the other side. He also talked about what business leaders should be focusing on in the new paradigm, making a positive impact on your people, your communities and the planet. There's some very solid leadership and personal development advice in this conversation. So grab a drink, notebook, sharpen the pencil and enjoy. In this episode here, in we are in early December, and uh, here in the UK, we've just gone out of a second lockdown. A lot of things is is moving over here, and uh, we are all talking about how we we come back and how we we uh, we do start thinking about doing things differently in 2021. And uh, for that purpose, I have a very relevant guest today, uh, which has connected me from all the way in Thailand, and. Uh, we're going to be uh, talking about maybe a bit of a different approach to business. And maybe that's where we, we're starting ending as a, an industry as well. So for that conversation, please let me welcome Deepak Ori. Hi, Michael. Thank you very much. It's a great opportunity and I'm looking forward to it. Deepak, and whereabouts in, uh, I said you're connecting from Thailand. Where, whereabouts in Thailand are you connecting today? I'm from, uh, in Bangkok. Uh, that's where Labua Hotel flagship property is also based yeah so so i was connected with you through some uh, uh through my network and said that you need to talk with deepak there's an interesting story here and then i started like you do sometimes you google people and you find out here here's a very special story but for people out there that never heard about you guys and haven't been to one of your properties can you just give like the elevator pitch on well, who is it? Who is Deepak and who is the Libra Hotels? Deepak is any one of your listeners who had a dream, but who pursued his dream. And if any one of us pursue our dream, they can be Deepak or even better than Deepak. And now saying what Labua is all about. Labua is, is a story. It is a story of a dream coming true. Dream coming to reality which is a combination of innovation and improvisation. And it happens to be in the hospitality space. And that's what Lobo is all about. It's about emotional experiences. It's about touch points. And most importantly, 
it is about a differentiation and a new trend. So that makes me curious. So how has that story evolved into the physical world? How has your hospitality business evolved into to the world? How how physically can we can we see that story? Every success story uh, starts with a denial. And now, not our denial, but everybody else's denial. So I joined uh, Labo in year 2003, and it was an empty building. And we started, we planned a restaurant at the rooftop along with the uh, owners of the brand. And uh, there was no Labo at that time, so owner of the building. Okay. And we went to two or three interior designers, and everybody refused to take this project. That is first denial. Anyway, we got an office designer company to come and plan the restaurant. When we started marketing this place, everybody said this place is not going to work. We came up, so it was a rooftop restaurant. It was around fourth rooftop restaurant, fifth rooftop restaurant in the world. So we were not the first one. That's why I said in the beginning, we are about innovation and improvisation. So, so Sirocco, that is our rooftop restaurant, is about improvisation. Now, what was the innovation? The innovation was based only in Bangkok, Thailand, was that we came up with the first standing bar. And for first three months, we struggled. And then, then the age-old principle of branding, that when you start something unique, something new, and something very, uh, you say, unconventional, the best way is to go overseas and market your product. And the people in your country will start accepting it later. And that's what happened with us. So we are a fully accepted brand right now in every part of the world, including Thailand. But most importantly, we are a brand which is, for last 17 years, has become a case study, has become very different. Now, during COVID, what has happened is we got into our competitors' attention and they said, Oh my God, this must be the way out and we should copy this. And that's what, in brief, a introduction about Labua is. A Labua is something the owners are proud of and it is other competitors' envy. Yeah, it's also when I, I uh, you checked you out on a different location, it feels like you are trying to create a, a different experience, and you can maybe correct me here, but also some something that really tells the story of the local environment you're in. You actually try to fit in with that and then create your your brand experience on top of that. There's some values and, and, and touch points that go again, but you can see it's it's not a it's not a cookie cutter model what you're doing here. It's not a cooking cutter model and it is also a cookie cutter model. Why it is not a cookie cutter model is because every brand, they are cookie cutter because they design the room the same way. The look of the room is same. Uh, the size of the room is same. We don't go that. The reason we are cookie cutter is that all our property are going to elevate your emotional experience. That is consistent among all all our properties whether we are in thailand or whether we are in india so now how how are we able to touch the emotional touch points how we are able to touch the emotional po- uh, touch points is not necessarily that uh, what we did in bangkok has to be replicated in india or has to be replicated in any other location it is very different and each location 
everyone has a dream everyone has an aspiration understand people that's the number one thing create something what they have always been waiting for they don't know what they have been waiting for but that is where your innovation comes you create something what they have been waiting for create that product and they will keep coming back to you i love that you start with the the human in the center and what they dream about because that's a bit like when you started out with saying that you know you had a dream and you put it out there and you did something you took action towards and it made it happen on that journey uh, Deepak, what what is a uh, you know in 2004 i think you said you started out what do you wish today you have known at that point uh, uh, that you didn't know when you started there? I think uh, I started in 2003, but in Bangkok at Labua, I think what I should have understood was uh, we could have been Apple of the world when it comes to the hospitality. Where we lagged is we underplayed and we didn't talk about us as much as we should have spoken. Uh, we thought if we talk about us as much as we should have, we would be bragging. But actually, we would not be bragging. It would have been an education. And today, in present scenario, the world would be a different world if we would have been telling people how and what Labua is all about. And not only Labua is unique, there will be many brands in the world, but not many. You can count on both the hands, not more than that who could have exactly done the same thing as us. So that is what one thing which we should have done, which we didn't. Yeah, and that's, that's an interesting uh, thing you come up with there because I see that uh, talking with different CEOs, founders around the world, one of the things they often struggle with is telling that genuine real story about what they're doing because they don't see it as anything significant sometimes, even though they know it. They don't want to brag about it. They don't want. There's no reason for do that because they, they want to to keep on working on it till it's perfect. Is that that's what's happened here as well? You think that's a bit like you've been on that journey. You're still there's still a bit to go. You think before you start to to tell the story in in a full upscale way. No, it's not true, Michael. Because we are an organization which is talking about emotional experience, and emotions can never be perfect. Though Amazon has come out with a new watch which can measure your emotions, but emotions can never be perfect. Uh, and emotions are something which cannot be controlled. Emotions is something which cannot be uh, judged. So so that, that is not what I was... So I'll tell you what I meant with that. Today, during COVID time, everybody has become and become forecasting things. And Labua has got certain principles. So if you ask Labua... If you ask me, Deepak, you talk about emotions. What do you tell? What do you have to say about the people who likes to forecast what is going to happen in the future? So let me tell you, Michael. There are two kind of people who forecast. One, those who don't know. Second, those who don't know, they don't know. And that's the reality. Yeah, that's probably quite spot on. And uh, and they spend a lot of time on it. <laughs> yes. And people spend a lot of time listening to it. So I want to be very interesting session. So when people are listening to it, they they see the element of truth. They see the element of reality. And I want people to feel the emotions while listening to what our conversation or the podcast is all about. So so on that journey as well, like you must have done, you've done lots of 
things that went really well, but you know, often we learn most of our mistakes or, or failures. That's where the biggest learning or the biggest potential for growth is. Or our problem is often our growth opportunities. What what has been your your biggest you know, failure as a, a leader of the business where you said, wow, that was a biggie, but I really learned something and really accelerated me to the next level. I'm still struggling with that. So it is a failure which is still happening. Okay. It is a failure where I have to keep the owner and the employees a balance. And I may know everything, but this is something which is also something we always struggle with. And that is a balance. Uh, if you ask me now, I would have done much better in 2003, uh, having gone through this whole journey for 17 years. But if you ask me again, would you have been able to recreate what has been created? My answer would be no. Because you create icon only once in your lifetime. You don't recreate it. Then you manage it. Super interesting, yeah, because you you're spot on. You know, uh, there's a there's a there's a phase from where you create things, and then you go into the next phase where you start to manage that uh, that dream in a way to to keep to keep it alive almost sometimes. And you know, you mentioned Apple before is a great example of that, and Starbucks, and you can find others as well on that journey as well, Deepak. Uh, uh, I've seen some other things on on you know I know you've been talking at Harvard and stuff like that, and you talk about different uh, source of inspiration. Where, where do you get your inspiration for? Is there specific people that has touched you in your on your journey that really have elevated you? And what is it that that made these you know tipping points? I often call them as well. Okay, so my 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 inspiration comes from two parts. My first inspiration is my late father. Uh, he he came. From a very humble background, he he looked after the family. Uh, so looking at him, how hard he worked, how honest he was. Uh, he was a man of principle. And we saw how difficult it was for him to achieve when you're honest, man of principle. And there's a humble background. And you don't get recognized. The path becomes very difficult. So that is one part. Uh, where I got the inspiration that I will do everything what my late father did, but I'm going to make myself recognizable in this world. That was point number one. Point number two, and and uh, you're not going to believe this, but I get my inspiration from movies, songs, and Netflix. It can be any show, okay? It can be anything. Uh, my, uh, I can give you an example. It's not that I'm trying to make the podcast interesting, but I tell you a, a clip from uh, my best management movie has been Air Force One and Godfather. I think this is the best management movies. Uh, the best reality is one Bollywood song that that tells about what the life is all about. Okay, so 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 these are the things that inspires me. Which so in in one word, what inspires me is the truth, the truth of the world, and which many people wants to hide. And and that's why I want to be very truthful and honest. And that is one word that keeps me inspiring. And when I watch movies, I see an element of truth. And that is where the learning comes. When I see people in their real lives, I, I, I learn from there. I sometimes learn from even... Uh, walking on the street looking at other people because for me i think 
my beginning has been very humble maybe i missed on a lot of learnings i was reading a very great research that came out from the stanford business school and that research said that uh, people uh, now that the world is very different uh, people who come from a better background they tend to do better in zoom interviews because they have a command over the language and they have a lot of confidence because uh, the confidence come by meeting people my first flight when i took was 21 year old when i was 21 year old at the age of 21 when i sat on a plane i didn't even know how to fasten the seat belt that's my reality okay I, i'm not trying to make it like oh my god deepak has had such a tough time that's not what i want to talk about what i want to talk about is that in every step of your life either you learn or you fail the other thing is uh, what we should all know is failure is key to success you show me one successful person who has never failed that's not possible <laughs> that's not possible so failure is i have seen a lot of failures in my life it it's super interesting when you you talk about your your dad and the, the respect for him and uh, the honest and uh, and truthfulness and want to do things in the, the right way and his challenges actually to get to success because um because one thing we are really exploring in this situation we'll come into the pandemic in a second is that um uh well, because we we're all struggling with this no no challenge around truth you can see election politics uh, the way we operate as businesses the ethics around that and being truthful is quite hard in it you know, have been quite hard in the world we've been in now um so so how have you actually managed to to keep truth to that and then still have had the success as you mentioned you had uh compared to your dad what is that as the difference you think because it is quite hard to be honest and truthful uh, yeah so uh, i think what i learned which my father never practiced is uh, i became outspoken i would always speak my mind i that that fear was gone from me i i never had any fear so i said whatever will happen let it happen and uh, there's a i don't know whether you've heard about this there's a law of wasted effort and the law of wasted effort keeps me moving that's it i i love when people challenge me i think if people stop challenging me i'll be a failure but now the secret is out okay so i <laughs> <laughs> so so i always want people to challenge me okay uh, that's uh, that's one part second part is uh, even today uh, i'm not a successful person i have my dreams and every time i want to do something people knock you down and when people knock you down you said fine i am going to show it to you so that spirit has to come from within one should never feel that anyone can defeat you the only one person who can defeat you in this world is you yourself and it is so interesting it's all up here in in your mind in in your your complex brain that's as complex as electricity in your house but it's your ability to to know that it's complex but actually you know listen to when it when it keeps you down sometimes because it 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 just wants that's what it does all the time it, it it triggers back so you have to work with it getting it into that positive state of mind which is very interesting well 
reflection you have there. Um, mo- moving a bit on, Deepak, uh, because you, I've noticed that you did some incredible things to keep yourself going during the pandemic. And you told me before we went online that you're still closed for tourism in Thailand and it's, yeah, it's difficult times. But what's happened for you guys during the, the pandemic? How are you navigated through it? What, what has been, you know, the learnings? Okay, so one thing I'm very disappointed about uh, with this pandemic, okay, and uh, what I'm disappointed about uh, with my fellow colleagues and with the tourism industry, I'm not saying hospitality, I'm saying tourism industry. Uh, We have uh, locations in India and Thailand. We never asked even a single employee to leave, saying that we are not a rich company. When we did that, I got two responses. I'm not upset about these two responses. I'm just telling you. People said, oh, maybe your owners have got a lot of money, point number one. Then people said, oh, fine, we'll see for how long you keep your employees. Until today, we always said that employees, the industry always said, because we are labor-intensive tourism, uh, the industry always said that our people is our jewel. Our people is not the cost. Our people is our asset. And suddenly when the pandemic hit, the first thing that becomes the liability in the world is those very people. I think many people are suffering. Yes, I I am with people who have suffered because of the pandemic, but they are more suffering because of loss of job than because of the pandemic. That is point number one. We never thought about what will be going along with these people and their family because there's no way these people can go out and find another job. They are confined in those four walls without the job, without any livelihood. Everybody's scrambling for their life and we leave these people helpless. That's what I'm a little bit upset about. So coming back to your basic question is, yes. So first what we did, we said we are not going to let any people go. We had to Uh, do the forced closure as directed by the government for three and a half months. Then we opened in first week of July. I think uh, I can tell you right now, I don't want to hide cash loss I'm talking about. Until today, we are doing the cash loss. Uh, Hotel occupancy in Bangkok is single digit because we have have dropped the uh, rates, but not as much as uh, other people. And we have not gone for... Uh, ASQ, a quarantine hotel. So our hotel occupancy is on a single digit. Food and beverage business is doing well, but it is not doing as much as to take care of the whole hotel and food and beverage and turn that into profit. Saying that our two properties in India, they started generating profit. I'm not talking about gross operating profit. I'm here talking about a beta level. Okay, so so those two properties have started generating profits. Bangkok, we hope that in month of December, it is going to generate. If if uh, the viewers who are listening, if they see my earlier interviews, uh, I was the one who was advocating that if any hospitality player wants to sail out of this pandemic with the present circumstances, the only thing that will make them sail would be their food and beverage business because that is safer. Staying in a hotel for 24 hours and going to a restaurant for 90 minutes, 90 minutes is much safer than 24 hours. You need to go out, you need to go and eat. It's more emotional, more experience, and a little bit different because of the precautions, but still better than staying in a hotel room. So so we we stick to our, what do I say, to our core, uh, 
we we didn't start any new business because of the covid many people started new business because of the covid yes some did very well but temporary okay yes somebody made billions also at a mass scale but yes but they will have to shift their business again uh, keep on doing different businesses maybe an art for some people but for us we stick to our basic and we wanted one thing we want to prove to everybody after the end of the pandemic is that whatever people say like i told you about the people who forecast so here i am trying to be the forecaster i don't know which one i am the one number one or number two most probably i am number two people who don't know they don't know i think i fall in that category i think we will be an example of how hospitality can survive in this pandemic and post pandemic what should be the direction the hotels or hotel companies should be taking and what what is it that you learned through this process because you mentioned that uh, i think you're right you 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 flagged that you know there's a lot of claim on putting your people first and that really came to wide open out in the wide open as the pandemic hit because suddenly that was the first thing maybe a majority of business a big part of the the industry cut and but actually as i believe and i can hear what you believe is that they are the center of everything you do so how how can you create that experience when you don't have the people on the other side they will be gone and how can you put people in that situation most of them as you say in many countries not uh, also here in the uk are very close to the pavement if they don't get their monthly uh, monthly salary they're very dependent on that they live uh, from hand to mouth sometimes um so so what what is the biggest learn out of that besides you know that you were a bit surprised about uh, the approach to people as other learnings that you thought you hadn't seen that coming i think the biggest learning i've seen is that i listen and i observed and i watched a lot of opinions and within a week's time i saw how these opinions became worthless because uh, the situation is and was very dynamic and it kept on changing at this point of time i i wish i wish and you always wise at the hindsight i wish we were not so panicky we should have been more stable moving forward i don't know how much time it is going to take but i think calmness is going to take us out there's no need to be brave because we don't know how covid looks like so calmness listening to the respective governments irrespective of whatever the politics is because that is the government that is managing the country right now you know during the war whoever the prime minister or the president is you support your country i think it's a time to stand with the country follow all directions and try to come out of this as early as possible super super interesting um there's a lot of um there's been a lot of uh, talk about how technology has you know come much more to play into the industry there has been you know restaurants uh, hotels that have really digitalized themselves and moved that forward and really focusing on that as a performance parameter for the future or make it the the, the experience safe with no contact how how important do you think uh, technology is for you know performance of your business or for, to creating that experience you talk about in the future is is that more relevant now than ever or is that just another thing to focusing on to keep yourself busy 
technology has always been very important for any part of the business. Uh, for us, technology has always been an integral part. Early on, it was at the back office. Now, because of the pandemic, it has come to the front office. And, uh, I, and it is a must. Uh, but it is only temporary. I think once the things go back to the normal, 80% of the technology will be taken out, but we will keep like to retain 20%. I think the customers like the idea of digital menu. Customers like the idea of paying through the phone, like cashless. Uh, they started enjoying it. People started scanning the thing. And and why, uh, so I will also say that in the past, I think it is will be a reset for hospitality. Because in the past, every hospitality model has been based on baby boomers. And now the hospitality trend has to be millennials. But none of the hospitality chains or most of the independent hotels are not ready for it. We have talked about millennials. We have done a lot of research about it. But we still do not know how millennials behave. What are their level of emotions? What interests them? How do you make millennials spend the money? Uh, because they are the future. Right now, also, we are looking two years down the line. I think tourism industry should have a vision 2030. And, and, and each year should be a milestone. Because I think it's going to take another two to three years before actually the business come back, keeping in mind that everybody in the world has been vaccinated in next 180 days. Why I'm saying that is because the infrastructure is not ready. And uh, why infrastructure is not ready? There are a lot of planes that needs a lot of upliftment and restoration before they fly. But most importantly, we have rusty pilots. If you read the latest FAA report, Pakistan International Airline plane crashed, uh, not because of anything else, but it is because of a pilot who was not doing the stipulated hours of flying in a, that period of time. So we need to train them. All these things are going to take time. So, so, so I think we should be ready for next 36 months. Uh, saying next 36 months, uh, will they be as bad as 2020? I believe no, because we have seen the bottom. Okay, we have seen the bottom. I think everybody is saying the vaccine will be 90, 95%, which itself is very, I would say, uh, is ensuring the safety for a lot of people. But will the travel come back immediately? Answer is no. Will the hotel start making money? The answer is yes, but not as much as what it was in 2019. So for next 36 months, we really have to plan. My humble request to everyone and my industry colleague here would be, please try to take people who we had to let them go as soon as possible as the improvisation and as the situation normalizes. It is super interesting because you are, you're talking about a different vision for hospitality as I read between the lines than before. Is there going to be a change in the way we, we operate? How how many hospitality, hotels, restaurants is going to be less, more as we bounce back during those 36 months? of it? If you had a crystal ball, I know we talked about prediction, by the way, so I know... Your, what you're thinking about it but yeah but uh, it was more about if you should give your educated guess in a way okay so so saying that uh i'll go back to the basic what i said about prediction 
but the asset asset is a hotel okay so the asset requires a little bit of forecasting and who will do the forecasting 60% of the hotels or the hospitality companies are owned by investors institutional investors fund and these are the people who are looking going forward not in the past going forward they will be looking for a area of differentiation so when they will look for area of differentiation what is going to happen is we will see a lot of independent hotels coming up we will see a lot of regional place coming up it will the hotels will follow the model of hermes hermes is a single brand one ceo looking after one brand not like counterpart which is gucci or the uh, caring group where they have so many brands and one ceo is looking after so many brands so 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 the point is uh, instagramable tourists will be gone millennials yes they like to do instagram but those who like to do instagrams are not the one who like to spend the money so there'll be a complete shift even in the technology now if you look at the technology also it is a funny story because technology is one which advances us not we advance the technology it is the other way around when it was 3g we were looking at the companies like nokia and the likes of those companies some of these companies uh, are still in the case study but the companies don't exist when came 4g i'm talking about the bandwidth the the telephone uh, mobile uh, when came the 4g we saw apple we saw instagram we saw twitter and when the 5g will come we'll see a new set of alternative economies coming and these alternative economies will be employing the millennials that's where the gap today and then the gap today is they spend less that's why we are still running after baby boomers and when these new alternative economies will come that is where the millennials will have more cash to spend and that is where they will start dictating what they want so 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 that is my crystal ball analysis and exactly it's it gives good sense when you talk about the, the the telephone it's such a simple way of seeing how shifts has been over the last 20 years in the economy uh, and if you're right both in restaurant and, and hotel world there has been a you know the baby boomers has been a, a lot of always in the you know what is your top three customer groups you are at, at targeting yeah definitely the baby boomers because they have a lot of spare cash and property value and they travel a lot and it is interesting to say that the 5g will make a, a significant change um i talked with a, a totally different subject with a guy the other day to put a bit of weight into that uh, he is uh, working on a music uh, solution uh, not a spotify solution a music solution uh, for 5g because apparently 5g can totally transform how you experience music through your phone and they want to go live with that as the 5G net. And he says, this is part of a whole new economy as well. And I said, are you sure about that? Isn't it just an, an advancement of the phone? No, he said, it's an explosion of the uh, the capability of a phone. So it's a super interesting way of looking at it from a hospitality point of view as well, What, how you can actually be able to develop your business with that and advance your business. W- within all this um, 
this kind of environment, which which it sounds like a challenging environment when you draw it up, like there's a lot of change coming ahead. What what are the three leadership skills you're working on in in your businesses to to make sure that you are on the forefront? Because I guess it's all about in the, in the end of it, it's about behavioral change in principle to follow this uh, development that's going on in the world right now. So what we are doing is, I think we are focusing more on our people because that is a consistent thing. See, the guests keep on changing every day. But what is consistent is uh, our employees. So we are focusing on that. We are not changing that. And now the variable factor is guest uh, variable in a way because you don't have the same guest coming in every day. Right? So we have different guests coming, different cultures and everything. We are trying to understand them. We're trying to understand what they what they like, how they eat, where they're spending, and besides us, where they like to go. So we are ourselves seeing a lot of changes. Maybe right now is not the right time to say because we are only catering to the domestic market. But once our borders open, we will be more tuned into these people to understand that change. Also, when I said that, what will happen to Thailand as a destination, which always used to see 40 million tourists, I think the mass tourism would be gone. And most of the destinations will see a luxury touring coming, luxury tourism coming back. And what will, in, I think the ESG is going to be back. That is the big thing. That is the environment, social, and governance. That is the three big things. ESG is the big, big thing that every organization will be working on it uh, because you will see a lot of ecological balance improving uh, because less people. So by 2023, the world will become a little bit different world because of four years. I think not many people have been able to travel. And when they start traveling, that won't be as many as they were traveling in 2019. So, so people will become more from the environment point of view. I think I, I see a lot of chatters right now uh, already in India, already in the other places. Oh, the environment is improving. People are staying inside. We get fresh air, things like that. People started appreciating. You know, we in this race have forgotten our basics. We forgot our family. We forgot our environment, which we breathe. We forgot our social responsibility. And we forgot the most important thing is the corporate governance that we need to govern. And corporate governance is not only financials and balance sheet. I'm talking about inclusiveness. I'm today, even today, in 2020, we talk about major companies talk about, oh, today our CEO has become a woman. If woman has become CEO, it should be a normal thing in 2020. What is there to brag about? So these are the things that we will see changing and these changes will be welcomed by millennials because they are new they don't understand these things they have not seen they are used to a very different world a world of technology and and they will take it forward I totally agree with you there is a you know you call also responsibility as a business not just being the business for yourself but being the business for your people the communities you're part and the planet you're part of as well and it doesn't mean that everybody has to save the planet but we all can do our little bit to put 
the place in a better place to our children so they can inherit a better place and their children can inherit a better place because we need to do something uh, about those things together with governments, uh, as you say. It's like the triple bottom line they talked about in Unilever, uh, where Paul Pomman talked about as well. So, And I, I believe as well as you that this is the where the world is going from a leadership point of view and uh, the focus has to, to be at. You cannot just run business for the sake of business. That's much more into it. Um, if you, uh, if in the in the end of the conversation, uh, Deepak, there's always I always ask the guest uh, this question because I uh, I like people to take something away from what's what is on your focus in a way as well. If uh, you should give you know up to three advice to uh, to leaders out there running hospitality business, any kind of business, uh, because there's also people outside hospitality tuning in. What would be your your three advice and takeaways for them right here now? They should go and do. You've been giving a lot of advice during the podcast, but we had to sum it up. Sure, Michael. My number one would be ESG. Let's focus on ESG, all of us together. Second, never lose hope. Business is coming back. Luxury is there to stay. Let's focus, and we should not lose focus. Third advice is. Get all your employees back as soon as possible. Let's us be the trendsetter in bringing our people back to our offices. That's a super advice, and actually ties into to the conversation we had. You know, uh, take care of more than uh, your business. Uh, have hope because we need we need to have hope right now and fate that's actually what can drive us a long way and then uh, you know take care of your people because they're gonna make it happen when you take them back Deepak thank you very much for for coming on the show and sharing your your insights and wisdom and your experience about how this has been in the pandemic right now and also your a bit of crystal ball uh, looking into the crystal ball, even though we talked about it's very difficult to predict and there's, the people that do it often waste their time. But uh, we had a bit of that as well. So I'll send you all the power you and your your team and family needs to, to get through this and uh, success coming your way. Uh, and uh, we will probably touch base on, on, on the other side. Thank you, Michael. Same to you and stay warm and stay safe. Wish you all the best. Thank you very much. Wow, Deepak, some amazing advice in here. It's clear that we now as business leaders need to focus on not only making profit, but making a positive impact on our people, our communities and the planet we're part of. If you want to get inspired of more leadership lessons, tune in to episode 10, Leadership Advice from Andreas Carlson, the CEO of Sticks and Susie. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share, rate, and review, or subscribe to one of our channels. Tune in next time for another interview, and in the meantime, find out more about us and subscribe to our community and download free leadership tools at hospitalitymavericks.com. And don't worry, if you didn't get all of this, there will be links in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and be maverick.